We know how much you love talking about player feedback, and we do too. What's up, everybody? This is Let's Talk Customer Feedback, and I'm your host, Natalie. Thanks for listening, and thanks for telling your player insights pro friends about us. This is Season 3, so let's get right into it. The gaming industry expects another booming year in both excitement and sales. But with the launch of many new games comes the realization that the market becomes even more crowded and the bar is raised yet again in all aspects, including games complexity levels, design, story, and character features. So, can leveraging player feedback help with this? Let's find out with today's special guest. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 35, season 3 of Let's Talk Customer Feedback. I'm your host, Carol, and today we're gonna talk with Greg Posner from HealthShift and our very own Itamar Rogel about a topic that is very, very close to our core mission. And it's how to create exceptional player experiences. Basically, how to be player obsessed. Intro. Greg, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Hi, Caro, and thank you for having me on the podcast. A little bit about myself. I am a, a techie at heart. I've been in technology for over 15 years. I've been a sales engineer at HelpShift for the past four years. I oversee the sales engineering team, and I've always just been interested in technology and how it advances and understanding how people are utilizing it. So I spend most of my time researching technology, and in my off time, I have two kids that keep me occupied for the rest of the day, and I'm excited to be talking here today. So thank you for having me. Thank you for, for being here. And Itamar, well, I know you well, your very own Itamar Rogel, our CPO. And on your LinkedIn, you before. say that you are, you've been here before. You say that you're growing pies. Can you please, once and for all, clarify this mystery for all of us? Right. So, uh, well, that text was generated by ChatGPT. I wasn't sure what it means, but I thought it sounded <laughs> smart, so I put it in. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Uh, so, you know, it's just, I think it's just a reminder, right? I think in life, you know, there's, and in everything that you do, uh, definitely in business, you can, uh, there's, a, there's a pie, you can focus on growing the entire pie, or you can focus on your piece of the pie, right? So the idea is really to focus on growing pies, because I think that's for me, that's my, you know, my approach, my belief, and I think it's also, uh, uh, it's also uh, a worthwhile reminder, because it's not only the big things. It's definitely easy to remember, you know, if you're starting a company or doing a business or whatever, but it's even the small things. I feel like, uh, because the feeling of like people fighting over the pieces of pie you can experience every day, you can experience that every day, even like when driving, like in people trying to get in your lane or when you're waiting in line for something or things like that. So I think it's a nice approach and a nice reminder. And I wanted to, to have it there. I love it. And I think it is. <laughs> Greg, I'm going to ask you one last question to end this, the intro part of this podcast. If you would have a time machine, where would you travel? Past or to the future? This is a fairly simple one for me. Again, being into technology, I'd love to travel into the future for, for two reasons. One, to understand where we go with technology or, or where how technology finally takes us over in the future. And I really think I can mess less things up in the future. That would be other people's problems going in the past. I just know I, I would mess a lot of things up. That's a good answer. I like it. So 
uh, this moment to give a little shout out to Kent Martin from HelpShift who work on the outline of this podcast with me. And if you watch the video, you will see him listening in. Kent, you're the best. Thank you so much. And okay, so to get that started, uh, let's talk about trends and challenges in the video game industry. Uh, when we were preparing this uh, podcast, uh, we ran into an article, uh, we were looking for trends, right? And we ran into this article uh, from Data Science Learner that gives an overview of top game industry trends for 2023. Of course, I'll add the link uh, in the description later on. And the article mentions three top trends, okay? It's, the first one is increased focus on player experience. The second one is an emergence on new UI design elements. And the third one being integration of AI technology in gaming UI. Um, so I'd like us to focus on the first one, increased focus on player experience, because I think that both Afogata and HelpShift bring tons of value to teams uh, in game studios in charge of that. And to introduce, I think it's a good place to introduce to our audience a little bit, a, a short overview of what HelpShift and Afogata do. Greg, do you want to talk, you want to tell us a little bit more about what HelpShift does? Yeah, I would love to. Thank you. So at HelpShift, we're a consumer first digital support platform. We really cater ourselves to companies that are rapidly evolving the needs of their customers. And we're looking at customers that want to focus on resolving these issues with technology rather than with just humans, right? It's easy to keep adding support team members, but it's not going to scale along with your company. So at HelpShift, we're combining smart segmentation and conversational AI to understand the actual intent of a user and try and facilitate them through a guided support journey that resolves their issue easily. And we look at this because we're working with top studios in the industry and they're working really hard at creating those support journeys within their game, sorry, those just player journeys from within their game. And typically support gets overlooked, but when the user has an issue, you wanna make sure they also have that top tier journey available to them. So we're helping customers enable that journey from within the game. Amazing. Thank you so much. And Itamar, if you could like uh, explain a little bit to the audience what Afogada does in case that you're not familiar to. Of course. Yeah. So Afogada is basically a platform that uh, takes in really any data, any, anywhere, any place that your users, your players are talking to you, at you, or about you, right? So whether it's a public channel, whether it's your ticketing or support system, reviews, app store, et cetera, really any, any kind of this unstructured or half-structured data goes into the platform and then it produces insights, it produces uh, suggested suggested uh, ideas, actions, things that you can actually do in, in, in the context of your product, in the context of your game, uh, in the context of your community. So really the idea is to take all this really intelligent, interesting things that your players are saying, right? Everywhere from your Discord community to in the App Store reviews or wherever it may be, and work with it in order to better your product, to better your game, to respond to things as they happen. Um, and the way gaming companies use that, that gives them the understanding of how their players feel about particular things, right? So you may be seeing something in your analytics in terms of churn, in terms of uh, engagement. Uh, you see the numbers, you see that it's happening in the product, but you don't really know why. So I forgot I can give you the why and, and explain to you why basically things are happening because you see how people are feeling about them, how people are talking about them. Uh, so at the end of the day, it's a system that really allows you to understand your players better and take actions accordingly. Uh, and I think it's easy to see for what Greg said that we're really 
you know, we really align with what Hellshift is doing and uh, taking in their data into a Fugata is, uh, you know, obviously a very, very important part. Thank you. So uh, we're talking about focus um, on player experience. So for that, we are definitely talking about paying a lot of attention to the player community feedback uh, through any, any possible channel, right? It could be the open web support channels. What are the pitfalls for studios that actually don't pay attention to feedback and to support the channels? Greg, you wanna take this one? <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of a loaded question. There's a lot of different avenues you can go down there, right? In the years past, you had different online communities where people would start to communicate about types of issues that they're having in game, right? It might be uh, originally, it might've been a forum, then it may have been Reddit, then it may have been Discord and trying to understand where the player sentiment is coming from, where people are communicating uh, is very important for them to understand that. And I think studios want to hear or they should want to hear the types of feedback that players uh, have about their game. If you take a look at the, the latest trends in gaming, like the gaming as a service, the, these games are continuously putting out updates, just continuously understanding the feedback from their players and they're releasing patches on the fly. I, I think that's the beauty of the, the modern day game is that you can release an update, but it mm -hmm. also allows companies to put out ha half baked games where, where people have tons of issues. So understanding where players are communicating and making sure you take that feedback to heart, right? Do we want to send this to our engineering team or development team or design team? And I know we're talking more about the elements, but right, understanding uh, how the player experience works, making sure that players are actually using it will help you evolve your game and, and design it to a way where players want to keep playing that game. Itamar, what does it like? I 100% agree. Uh, what does it mean for the player though? What does it mean for the player what is the experience, the player experiences, sorry for the redundance of that, uh, on studios that don't really um, listen to them? Well, I think one way to think about it is, you know, even like as a consumer, right? Say you go to, um, I don't know, let's say you're, you're, you're taking uh, your family to a fast food restaurant, right? Now, ultimately you're gonna be eating something, but it's just a small part of the experience, right? There is how, what the place looks like. Is it clean? Uh, the experience you're waiting in line. All these elements before and after of you actually getting the service provided, right? Uh, and sometimes people forget that for digital products as well, and definitely for games, there's there are these elements as well, right? So your game may be great. I mean, the, you know, the engagement, the playability, the artwork, what, whatever, you know, that could all be amazing. But if what people experience as they play the game, as they, you know, maybe they're accessing the community, asking for help or talking to other people or forming clans or whatever it is that's relevant for your game. So that community experience, the support experience, even like what they see when they access the, you know, the, uh, let's say it's, a, you know, on Steam or in the App Store and you see the reviews, et cetera. All these things are part of the before and after experience and during experience, right? Because a lot of companies that are obviously aiming to have these forever games. And having that is, you know, if you really want to create kind of a forever franchise or a forever title, mm -hmm. that becomes even more important. What are the different experiential stuff that's not necessarily within the game itself? So I think when companies are missing that out and, and not looking at everything that's happened there, happening there, they really, um, they really lack an understanding of what drives player behavior. Because your game could be amazing 
And someone could be churning just because they asked something in the community, they didn't get an answer, they got some kind of toxic response or whatever it may be. So that is, I think, the real cause of missing out on kind of the, the 360 degree of the experience. I agree. Uh, it's interesting because today we announced our uh, February champion. Uh, it's um, And one of the things she had to say was that she doesn't believe that the game that she works uh, in, a game from Sideplay, would be as successful as it is if they wouldn't put the player in the center of the of the game making process. And it's a game that is uh, like up for 10 years now. So <laughs> I guess uh, there's a key on a successful game that are listening to the players. Uh, absolutely. Greg, if, if, we, if we talk about the solution and what Helpship has to offer, can you, can you talk a little bit about what, what is a modern support journey? Yeah, I'm happy to. And just to kind of jump back a little bit to what you just said, I think it's fascinating how when you talk to people in the community that they don't necessarily even think about getting feedback from their users yet, right? They've said, hey, I just want to launch my game and I want to go out there and start fixing it. And they don't really put any thought into how am I going to collect feedback from my users? It can be a simple email, it could be in-game support, it could be a form, it could be a whatever, right? But the idea of these companies who release these massive games without any sort of way to provide feedback or get gather feedback kind of is mind boggling. And then you see these smaller games that have these huge communities that they don't, I mean, the game doesn't go viral. The game doesn't blow up with that, that the type of support. If you don't have a, an influencer or some sort of way to just get hooked and that's where feedback comes from, you iterate and, and it kind of just boggles my mind on how people aren't doing that yet. 100%. Uh, so for feedback, how we're enabling. So for, for, for help shift, how we're helping companies enable this is we're providing them tools to collect that feedback directly within the app or the game itself, right? So, you know, we provide bots and automations and a lot of people hear the word bots and they're like, no, I don't want to yeah. mess with bots. Uh, people <laughs> don't sure. like bots. And it's, it, I get it. I'm the same way, you know, I am dealing with airlines and I roll my eyes every time I need to talk with a bot because I know the type of issue I have. Right. And, and I think this is kind of what makes help shift a little special is that we're providing different types of experiences for the different types of users. But when it comes to bots, it all comes down to design, right? You can be using a help shift bot. You can be using an IBM Watson bot. You can be using a whoever, all, all the most advanced tools in the world, right? But it really comes down to design at the end of the day and how you're going to design these bots. Is it going to be a positive experience or a negative experience? And, and don't get me wrong. There's a lot of crappy bots out there. And I know that, and I, I've seen them and I've used them, right? But it comes down to experience and where, where help shift kind of shines is we, we provide the different experiences for each of those users, right? I, as a gamer, I love gaming. I'm self-service. I want to try and do as much as I can before I even have to reach out to support. And I understand that it requires my own research. I'm happy to look in FAQs. I'm happy to Google. I'm happy to go into forums or Discord to try and figure it out. And we're at help shift are enabling users like myself who want self-service to find the answers that they want. When they don't, this is where that machine learning and AI kicks in to help route users to the right place, right? So the beauty of bots, if you if you want to give them a shot, is that you can design them to fit the needs of your the persona of your gamer. You can look take a look at their segment. Are they a VIP gamer? Are they a new gamer? Are they someone that's just confused, right? You can route them directly to the right person. So maybe, maybe 
Itamar is having a lot of issues and we know he's not good with bots. So maybe what we want to tell ourselves is every time he messages in, we want to make sure he goes to an agent because that's what he prefers. So you can build in these workflows that enable you to collect your feedback the appropriate way from the appropriate users. I'm not sure if that answered the question, but that's kind of where, where my mind was that's leading. That's amazing. And I'm sure that it also does um, allow humans behind the bot the human agents to actually do their job better, right? Having the a technology that allows them to focus on what they should be doing, right? And having the bots help like direct the request or the, direct the, the, the questions to in the right direction. Is that, it, it, does it make sense? <laughs> very, very, so my, my first job out of college, I was a, I worked at a call center and we were we helped people set up email servers and we would get calls from let's just say not your typical microsoft outlook user someone that was much older than they should be using outlook and they would call and we would have to walk them through setting up microsoft outlook no one in their right mind wants to be talking to someone <laughs> who is too old to be using outlook on how to go to the account settings the advanced properties and how to set up your incoming and outgo it is a nightmare and we look at customer support, wow. it helps us the same way. You know, you, you see all these cartoons that have like the, the little machines that put the toothpaste tops on, right? Certain tasks <laughs> are automated because they're redundant. They're, they're just not, they're not beneficial. They don't help me learn. They don't help me advance, right? So what we can do is we can automate these simple tasks. And as an agent, I get more fulfilling work done with my job. I get to start troubleshooting things. I get to start kind of working on things that are a little more, uh, require a little more brain power than just putting a top on a toothpaste bottle, right? So, uh, yeah, it, it enables the customer service rep. We we tend to see we see them have higher customer satisfaction scores internally because they're working on better things, and, and it helps you learn more. And yes, you still are going to have those people that that do the simple jobs, and that's what they want to do. And you can still have those people, but but those are the people that typically people are hungry for more, and they want to keep moving up. So you got to find a way to automate that low hanging fruit. Yeah, it sounds like it could even impact um, employee satisfaction uh, in companies. Um, Itamar, can you can you please say, tell us a little bit what does it mean to what are the benefits actually of having a three hundred and sixty player insights view with a Forgata? Yeah, well, the idea is you know kind of building up on uh, on what we just talked about is really. If you understand that to get to your goals to and to provide a great player experience, but also to get to your business goals as far as retention of gamers, as far as engagement, all of that stuff that you you measured on, you really need to have a complete view, right? So you want to understand how are people experiencing the community. You want to understand if they're having problems within within the game. You want to understand how does it reflect on what they're saying and how do things that people uh, say and the information that they give you in various ways can explain the things that you're seeing with the analytics of your game and things that you may uh, really uh, would not have a way to uncover otherwise. So when you have all that data coming in to a single platform like a Fogata, you can really do that analysis and understand the cause behind a lot of the effects that you're seeing and make decisions accordingly. Uh, and when you do it and it becomes part of your process, you can really you know, become kind of like a, a much better uh, old machine that whether it's, your, you know, game releases, live ops, everything, you really are super responsive to whatever is going on with the way players experience your game in all of its aspects, right? So 
that is has you know that obviously has a lot of impact on the player, uh, you know the, the way players feel about the game and uh, the satisfaction, obviously, and also of course reflecting in your metrics. So you know ev- everyone wins basically. It's interesting. Can I ask tomorrow, have you to... seen a, a yeah. trend in kind of where players are? Sorry, Itamar, if you don't mind me asking, have you seen kind of a trend in in the different channels that customers are providing this player feedback? Or is it coming in more from a new channel these years than it was a few years ago? So this is a a great question. And, you know, there's obviously, I mean, there's some of the easy answers, right? Of course, you could say, oh, you know, we see now more Discord than ever, right? And it's only growing stronger. But it's kind of obvious, right? Everyone knows that. I think the interesting thing is that we see different uh different titles and definitely across different studios it would be different because just because communities have uh kind of a different uh different mentality different uh places they prefer to hang out at and also there is a, a large aspect and you guys it helps you to definitely familiar with this of where the behavior in the title drives people to engage right so i think smart companies want to keep the feedback close. They want to have direct dialogues with their players. They want the bad stuff, quote unquote, to firstly be seen by their teams, their agents, and they direct people to something like HelpShift, right? Because that's the way, hey, we can provide immediate solutions. We can learn exactly what's going on. We'll be the first to know. Uh, and I think sometimes, uh, and again, I don't want to, I don't mean like to just criticize. There's, there's reasons why some teams choose to do that. But some teams choose to actually not have that kind of uh, really tightly kept, really high attention support experience, in which case maybe it's harder to open a ticket or there's not a lot of agents and we're not paying this too much attention and we're not really encouraging people to do that. So, of course, what would you do as the player? You would go somewhere else to complain. Maybe you go on Reddit, you go on Twitch, you go on Discord, wherever it may be, you know, or, or you post a negative review, which is, you know, arguably the worst. Uh and that is kind of the short-sighted thing, which leads, you know, oh, we're saving on support costs, we're saving on uh, the ticketing system costs, whatever. But then you get uh, much, you know, first of all, you're not the first to know. You get a, uh, you, the reputation of your game is not as good. And it just doesn't allow you to really provide an experience and it will ultimately show up in your metrics. So uh, I think it's a great, it's a great question. And the, and the answer is that it really depends on what you, as the game designer, as you know, the creator of the game are kind of pushing people to do. But setting, and, and that is a result, we see different companies, different titles would have a very different composition of where the data is coming in from. So that's why we as a system want to support everything, right? Where maybe your, your title is huge on Reddit, maybe you have a huge Discord community, or maybe even you, you're, you're running vanilla forums and having that kind of interaction on your own, on your own premises, right? So you, you want to support everything. Uh, and I think largely that is the biggest factor. But overall, you know, there's some generic stuff that we could do. Definitely you see the growth of Discord and things like that. It's a cool topic because, you know, I think both of our companies, we try and look at different sides of the spectrum, right? Where with, with Avogadro, right, you want, it's important to have communities on these different channels, right? I think that's actually part of the player experience is being able to go to Discord and talk with the other players, being able to go to Reddit and talk to the other players. I think that makes the player experience broader, right? It makes it feel more real where there's other people like right. me in here. Whereas at Helpshift, we try and keep channels kind of conduced to things that are owned, right? We don't want, I'm not saying we don't want you to go to Reddit. 
to complain about an issue, but we'd rather you come to the support team and say, hey, we have an issue. But, but again, as a consumer myself, I understand that if I go to the loudest network, I might be able to get my voice heard, but, but it's about making sure we can hear the user in the appropriate channel. But I think all these things have to do with that player experience and helps build that kind of big concept of what this game is, what kind of monster you're creating in, in this game and how well it's doing. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned airlines before, right? And I think many people can relate to having a bad airline experience and probably, uh, you know, if you, if you, you're not getting an answer directly from the airline, you can go, you know, even like something happened, right? You're in the airport, you're having trouble, you're not getting the help you need, you're calling them and still not, not much help. You go on Twitter, you tag them and guess what? Uh, you may get a far better response. So I think many of us have seen this. I mean, this has happened to me. It's been a while, so hopefully they improved since, but definitely something that happens. And naturally you started talking about the value of both ends of the rope. So I think it's a good time to explain what's the value of, I think that one of the reasons why we wanted to do these podcasts together and the webinar following up is to really um, explain the value of having both platforms combined. And can we talk a little bit about the value of the integration of the uh, Afogata Help with Afogata integration? Um, and what does it mean to, for example, uh, Greg, help shift users? Yeah, I'm excited about the Afogata relationship. Uh, I've been speaking to Itamar for a couple of months now about the possibilities. And I think, yeah, there, there's a lot of just cool things we can do. And it kind of goes back to understanding that HelpShift, we're supporting the owned channels, right? This is going to be your app, your website, your game, your Facebook channel. What it isn't is everything else. And it's important to understand that even though we may not be owning the Reddit forum, there's going to be an opportunity to understand what is the sentiment on Reddit. Uh, there's a there's different levels to this integration I think is important to talk about, and I'm sure we can get through all of them, but right at its most basic is using Afogata's tools to do, a, and if I'm over-speaking the Afogata side of things, I apologize, but right, is to take a look at the types of queries that customers are sending in from HelpShift and understand what are the insights below those, right? Because at HelpShift, we do insights and we understand insights, but then there's this whole group of unknowns, right? Hey, this is not tagged properly. This is not tagged properly. And maybe in three months, we're going to release a Facebook update and it's going to cause crashing and we don't know that. And then through all these unknown insights, we can start to understand that. Uh, and so the first level of that would be kind of those metrics on how, how how happy are my customers and what is that sentiment or sorry, those insights that I'm missing. And then the uh, second part of that would be a little ladder or further down the line would be being able to respond to unknown channels, right? If I'm having, if, if I see Kent having an issue on Reddit about my game, why not send a message to Kent to pull him back into the support experience so we can capture his data data appropriately, segment it appropriately, and send it to the right teams to fix it, right? We want to make sure that players are heard on all the channels, whether it's owned or unowned. And what Afagat is providing help shift is that capability of listening to those unowned channels to provide support. I get it. Itamar, what does, what does this integration mean for Afogata customers? that are using so, help shift. Yeah, so uh, I think, and, and thank you, Greg. I think Greg gave us kind of a, a great introduction to that. And I think, you know, just even uh, even if you're not too familiar with what help shift and Afogata uh, 
you know, do what each what each system does. You you can already hear even in our conversation here that there's a lot of alignment, right? And ultimately, it's about having a good player experience, uh, and help shift data. If you think about a forgot as a data and analytics platform, uh, it's pretty obvious that help shift data is extremely. If you work with help shift, of course, it's extremely critical for having the right understanding, the right perception of your players, right? Because these are support conversations that are being had. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's happening in this uh, in these conversations. Everything from like people perhaps writing their support experience, uh, people interacting with agents and with also the AI that HelpShift offers. And there are a lot of insights that you could grab from that. And the nice thing about HelpShift also is that, in my opinion, it, it really is uh, the most elegant system for gaming. You know, it's it's basically a monster in gaming, right? HelpShift basically took over the gaming market because the, the experience is so smooth and it's it's really much better. And yeah. I, I don't mean to be selling you too hard, Greg, but I really think the experience is much better than the, <laughs> the, the alternatives. And that's, it's a wonder why they got to this position in the market, right? Because as a player, as someone who uses, you know, a mobile app, say, or a mobile game, you just get a much smoother experience. And that elegant experience also pervades how HelpShift is designed in the sense of the, how the data is represented and how you can work with it. And for us, you know, we're like data people and analytics people that I forgot it. It's like a real treat, right? Because we like having that the elegant data model because it means we can offer a lot of insights. It can mean, it can, uh, it means that we can work with the data in various ways. And our goal is really, if you help have, if you have help shift, we want to have that data and help you extract the insights from it in real time, you know, uh, understanding the issues that are critical. Uh, there's a lot of th things that you could do in HelpShift, but obviously I forgot to add that semantic layer, that early detection, that early understanding of issues, and allows you to set up everything from, you know, very intelligent alerts uh, to kind of understanding things that may not be obvious when you just start looking at the data, kind of telling you what you don't know, right? So really a lot of that value, and we, you combine that with uh, the, uh, the elegant data model that HelpShift can provide. And I think if you work with HelpShift, you probably... <clears throat> excuse me, you probably, you know, have kind of created for yourself a taxonomy. You have these custom fields, you have a lot of things going on. And I forgot that we work with that really smoothly, right? It's, you have all this data, you have one-to-one -one data model uh, matching between the platforms. So it's a lot of power and it's adding this semantic layer. And the goal is, you know, the goal is the same goal we talked about earlier. Like you really want to know the issues as soon as possible, you want to address them. You want to make sure that your team is focused on the right things that will move the needle for your players and for your metrics. And this is what it's all about. Right. And to start finishing, I wanted to, to do wrap up uh, by talking about something that I hear a lot, that platforms like maybe like HelpShift or Afogata are mostly associated um, to player-facing teams like community teams, uh, support teams, but we do see that we bring a lot of value to other teams in the organization, like uh, product teams and engineering teams that are actually game, game shaping teams. And I wanted to hear uh, what are your takes on this? Where do you think platforms like Afogata and HelpShift bring value to other teams that are not the ones dealing with the players every day? Greg, you want to take it first? Yeah, I think that, that's a great question. And I think internally at HelpShift, we've been learning about this over the past four years as well, right? Where originally we sell to the player support team, right? That introduces us to the player tools or whoever's in charge of player tools. And what you start to understand is that 
you know, especially in gaming, a user's going to have a gameplay issue and the game's going to crash. Support can't really do anything about that, right? What, what's mm-hmm. their goal in support is, all right, let's collect information from this user. What type of device are they using? What level were they on? And then you pretty much open up that ticket for engineering. Maybe you're, you're going to Jira or you're going to some other tool to do that, right? The, the support team member, the player-facing team member, again, is not troubled or is not resolving this issue. They're collecting the data that's necessary. They're acting as the middle man or woman who's collecting this data and providing it to the engineering team to resolve. So it, especially, um, I say, especially in small companies, but in companies all sizes, right? In, in Indies, we typically see there is no support team. Maybe it is the engineers, or maybe it is the developers. And it's in everyone's best interest to create a game that works, right? And a game that people are having fun with and playing with. And with that, what can happen? The marketing team can, sell to, can send the right message to the audience, letting them know, hey, we have this new feature that's been asked for, or there's a game crashing bug that's been affecting iOS devices that's resolved. It goes beyond player support, even though we tend to see player support as the face at least for help shift of who's using the customer, it really does affect everyone behind it. And we were trying to enable a good experience for everyone who's using it. Again, whether it be the engineer who doesn't want to communicate with gamers typically. So we'll, again, we'll just collect that information and provide it to the support agent so they can be that, that front person uh, as well as everyone else. And Ethan, I think we spoke about this before, but I think it's nice to mention it here too, that it, it, it really is about uh, making that gap between um, an issue being uh, raised by the community, uh, either on open uh, web channels or uh, on support channels, and the product teams and engineering teams becoming actually to solve the 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 issue, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's funny because really, when you think about it, you know, you are you know your players are the most important thing, right? But in many ways, the people who directly interact with the players, right, the people who manage the community, support agents, community managers, and so forth, uh, there are oftentimes the people who have the least voice within the organization, right? And at least it used to be the case. Uh, And when you think about it, it doesn't really make sense. Those are the people who have the direct input, the direct insight into how our players are feeling. But... You know they're kind of aggregating things they, they they deal with a lot of noise and then when they communicate it internally they're not always being listened to right and obviously you know smart gaming companies have of course already figured that figured that out but your goal is really to understand you know of course i cannot have you know my the, the, my product manager or you know so the, the game designer reading like endless discord discussions you cannot have that so this is really the challenge that we're talking about here right how do you take all that stuff that's happening that's extremely important and the people who are exposed to it that are you know their insight into how players feel is the most valuable and get that to the teams that actually make the game design the game do the live ops all of that stuff plan all the stuff out all the content everything on the gameplay and get it to them in a way that they can operate with and make decisions with because of course you can't otherwise you wouldn't be able to deal with all of the noise if you didn't have the good tool you know the proper tools in place so really this is what it's all about and I think both for HelpShift and I forgot it, the idea is, yeah, you want to have a great support experience or good community experience. You want to have really uh, kind of a, a, a 360 amazing player experience. And in order to do that, you really need to take those things, those feelings, those inputs, those feedbacks from your community, from your players, and bring them in for those internal stakeholders to make decisions with. 
So I think honestly, uh, and again, it's not it's nothing new. I think you know smart gaming companies have definitely figured that out already. But if you're gonna keep your game designer and the people who actually create the game isolated for your community, you know you're gonna have a bad time because other gaming companies are listening to their players. They're making decisions according to what they see. They have an understanding when they see something in their metrics. They understand why it's happening. It's thanks to that practice. Um, and really, you can't really afford not to do it anymore, I don't think. I don't think so either. And I just want to add a personal note. Coming, from my, I started my career as a community manager. And actually communicating the voice of the users to product teams and to other um other things in the organization, it, it was really a hard thing. I think we it, it also is because without platforms like Afogada and, and HealthShift, they just don't speak the same language. And the product product teams sometimes feel like the community team uh, or the support team is kind of pick, picking, cherry picking, whatever they want to show them. And they are understanding from that whatever they, they feel is right for the product. So I think this also, uh, using a Fogata and help shift in, in platforms like us is basically also allowing them to speak the same language when they're communicating the voice of players. Um, that's my take on that too. Okay, I think we covered pretty much everything that we wanted to cover and I super appreciate uh, having both of you here and Kent as a fly on the wall. Kent and Greg, if uh, people want to hear more and learn more about uh, help shift, what do they have to do? Yeah, we could, uh, you can check us out at www.helpshift.com. Uh, you'll see some videos on there, some forms. If you want to get a free trial or a demo, we offer free trials to anyone that wants to test it out. And we're happy to kind of walk you through the, the basics of how to set up bots, how to test automations, how, how to do all that. And we can also help you get set up with that Afogad integration because you're going to want to use both tools. It only makes sense. Absolutely. And you can learn more about Afogata by visiting afogata.com. And I just want to make a note again, like uh, Greg uh, just mentioned, that to celebrate our partnership, customers of both Afogata and HelpShift enjoy a free trial period. Visit helpshift.com or afogata.com to learn more about that. And that's all for today. Uh, thank you, everyone, for your time. And see you next time. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that's it for today. Let's Talk Customer Feedback is a podcast made for player insights professionals, player feedback enthusiasts, gaming industry experts, and anything in between. The podcast is created by Afogata, the AI-driven player feedback analytics platform that cuts through the noise and brings you the player insights that move the needle. In each episode, we have a special guest from the industry, including Afogata's own customers that share their knowledge on what player feedback and the voice of the customer means for them and the companies they work at. Follow Let's Talk Customer Feedback on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. If you'd like to know more about Afogata and what it does, go to afogata.com and get more info on our social media. Searching for Afogata on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time. Don't keep your players waiting.